Good morning, chickens. Welcome to QBT. I am Maddie Germs. And I'm Shawnee. And we are two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. And we got some fun guests for you today. You ready to get into it? I am. I also have a frittata in the oven, so can we make this quick? Yeah, sure. Well, it'll be <laughs> fine. Great. <laughs> Brunch. Mmm. Trying to talk slick, all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Shawnee. Um, I have a very important question for you. What's up, slut? Oh, what is up, girl? Um, you know, I'm doing good. It's uh, we're recording this on a Sunday morning, and I'm feeling nice and happy. Love that, love that for us, um, feeling similarly. Last week we were tasked after our beautiful conversation with Charles Hayes IV um, of looking at something that brings us joy, manifesting it, thinking about it, bringing it to fruition, and then writing about it if we wanted to. What is, um, how, did, how did you manifest joy this week? How did I manifest joy this week? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, well, what did I do? I actually hung out with um, hung out with friends. I social distanced, you know, friendly hangs, mm-hmm. but still hung out with people, and that made me happy. I I realized that over the last few weeks, I mean, obviously a lot of people have been self isolating. Still, some people still have. I was one of those people, regardless of what phase we're in. But um, same, you know, I thought about it, and I realized that seeing people is something that does bring me joy Mm -hmm. um though you know it's a little bit anxiety provoking just being around people in general but the joy went out so yeah i made sure that i saw some friends i love that ever since then i've just been at home yeah (laughs) yeah it is about finding that balance at this point because i I, i'm i'm feeling my anxiety lessen a little bit and it's also rising at the same time because states are doing different things. And then some people have just decided that COVID's over and like, heads up, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. Wear your mask. Do your best to like, uh, you know, put six feet at least between you and your friends if you're hanging out. I'm I'm like really stressed out by people like consistently hanging out indoors with like 10 or more people. I'm like, what? the fuck are you guys doing like i'm like i will meet you outside and you can sit over there you know like that used to go indoors yeah Mm -hmm. i'm the same i'm the same but you know uh i am similar to you i mean i saw you and i that was really awesome and i it was the first time we'd seen each other since before we started this thing so that was it was good for me too i think for me the way that i manifested joy is i had um you know it's summer session for me so i'm still have a part-time job in school and stuff, but I have a little bit more free time. So I just went in the middle of the week with a couple pals to what? I thought I heard Bloop throwing up, but I don't think Oh I my God. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a dog owner, you just know that noise. That, oh my, <laughs> I was like, is, do I hear something? <laughs> no, oh my God. Okay. Well, I, Sorry, left, that's okay. I left in the middle of the week um, and just went to some water. I went on a hike with a friend and it's like a, you pull off on the side of the road, you hike two miles down, and then there's this like little beach. And then it wasn't quite hot enough, but there was like pockets of sunshine. And um, as people were leaving, we were able to like kind of have the whole little beach to like throw a frisbee around. And then right before we left, there was like a you could swim across the way, and there was like a big jump and a rope swing. And I just like did a rope swing into some cold water, and it was like 
awesome. It felt great. I just like, it's that moment of kind of just like summer joy that I just like had not been able to access yet, even though it's almost fucking July. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was great. That was really awesome for me. Um, before we get into, and what about it, um, our pop culture and politics segment, I just wanted to let you guys know that up towards the middle of the episode, we have our friends from Move I'm Gay, another um, gay podcast uh, that uh, has some Portland babes doing it. Um, they're on like episode like 17 or 18 right now. It's super cute, super fun. Um, and I... Uh, I'm really excited to have them on to kind of divert a little bit from their strict silliness to kind of come and open up with us a little bit about um, what they're thinking and what they're feeling about mental health and wellness and that kind of stuff. So it's a good combo. I'm excited for y'all to hear it. And Shani, I feel like we have a lot of music to talk about this week. Oh my God, we do. It's it's that time. It's time for And What About It? Bum, 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 bum. We're going to jump headfirst into music this week, um, starting with, I mean, you guys already know what I'm going to say. We have to start. We have to start with the queen herself, Beyonce. She blessed sure. us. I mean, by the time y'all are listening to this, uh, you've probably had the song on repeat a million times like me, but right. uh, Beyonce- It came out at the end of Juneteenth, right? Like- Yeah, she dropped Black Parade, like, in the last minutes of Juneteenth. Yeah. Uh, so it's been out for over a week now. But it's been on repeat for me, girl. I mean, you said it last week that, you know, you keep catching things, you know, here and there. And I'm like, same. I've had it on repeat during my runs and it just gets me pumped up. And I don't know. It's so good. I think the first like seven times I listened to it, I didn't even absorb anything. I was just like, new Beyonce <laughs> song in my ears. And like, it, because it, it kind of goes like fast, slow, fast, I like... Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely was missing things and then now it just feels like this like i spy book where every time i open up something new i'm like that line is fire <laughs> like, oh so it's so good and it's just the black speaking of black joy like black pride yeah. i mean motherland drip off me come on yeah i've just been like whispering that to myself yeah and as a precursor to this what is the disney plus thing that's coming out called Oh, um, Black is King. Black is King. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be, I saw a trailer for it. I also saw that like, cause I think maybe Chloe and Hallie like leaked it first. And like, I saw this tweet that was like Beyonce searching for the Little Mermaid trailer to get them back. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll take it. I know, um, right? Yeah, the Blackest King trailer leaked, and then Beyonce was like, yeah, this is happening. Mm -hmm. um, so if you don't got Disney Plus, I suggest you get it. Uh, yeah, I love Disney Paws. July, <laughs> <Shut> up. <laughs> um, July, sometime in July, it's coming out. I was reading up about it. I think it's going, it's going to be a visual album, and I'm pretty sure it's a visual album to the album she put out last year around when The Lion King came out. Oh, okay. Um, the Gift. So I like that album. There were some great songs on there, so it's going to be cool to sort of see some of those um, visually represented. Apparently, I think, I don't know, I feel like this, this visual album might also follow the same sort of storyline as The Lion King. But who knows? I don't know. Beyonce is always surprising us. I don't know what we're going to get. I know. I, um, I saw the trailer and I was just like, well, this is beauty. <laughs> this, is, this is, you know, mm -hmm. like just great visuals. If uh, I, I didn't listen to all that Lion King album. I listened to some of it. I did not. I don't know. I was just like, I'm not a child. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I, um, but um, I, 
the one where she shot that video at that national park and all those white people were mad is that I, I've listened to that song the one where she like is like dancing in the water what is that song called it was like the only non-Lion King song on that album. oh is it the one that she was trying to get an Oscar for yes oh yeah yes. what was it's it called some spirit something about a spirit spirit spirit, spirit, spirit. Yeah. That, that video is really pretty so I assume it's going to be along that same avenue of kind of stuff but yeah. I'm excited to see it I'm excited to look at it also, shout out to Jamila McGill, my Spellman sis, um, who owns Brooklyn Tea in Brooklyn, New York. She oh, right. also showed up on Beyonce's Black Parade um, list of Black-owned businesses that is on Beyonce.com. So if you're in New York and listening to this, please go support Black business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can also just order from them from any state. So yeah. just support Brooklyn Tea. Go to the homies. Yeah. When I saw the Black Parade thing drop i only saw this link that just linked to black businesses so i thought it was just beyonce being like i've launched black parade a page on my website that Mm -hmm. has a bunch of black businesses and that's the parade and it wasn't until like two hours later till i heard someone playing the song and i was like oh that's a song (laughs) like okay (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i woke up to i woke up to it on saturday Mm -hmm. um one of our friends text us and I was like what what and I was in bed and just like put it on my speakers and I was immediately up ready to conquer the day I was like I'm going on a run right now yeah it's so good oh it's so good I mean we also got um I haven't listened to it but um the City Girls album are you liking it oh am I liking it yes I I love it it's really good uh I was telling our friend Carlos that it's very Miami not that I know anything about what that means but it just feels Miami uh it's it's what I need it's what I want out of an album some good ass shaking um you know scamming boys out of their money and out of their things and fucking it's nice it's fun (laughs) I if you just want to dance around in your apartment I suggest you listen to the City Girls album yeah. You know, there's and there's also a couple of uh, what do I want to call them? Like, like hip hop ballads. I don't know. Okay. You know, just about how rough their upbringing was. Mm. Uh, they literally have a song that's just like, "Fuck my daddy," like I hate him, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, happy Father's Day. <laughs> um, that's cute. I I want to listen to it. I feel like I've always had um. There's like obviously the couple singles that everyone knows and then i've seen a couple of the videos i just have always like had like a little bit of an arm's distance just because like they say like weird homophobic shit sometimes but at the same time i'm also like uh i love a scammer and i think that like (laughs) i think it can be i think it's definitely something like uh when you come from a certain like era and place and in a genre of music that can like use language that isn't the most friendly to, to, to gay people like once you rise to a certain level like that scrutiny is going to be something that you did not expect and is not like something you're surrounded with in some ways you know and so like yeah there's definitely empathy that i have there but i'm excited to listen to it i just i didn't know it came out that's cool yeah i was kind of surprised by it too I like I hadn't heard anything like i didn't hear i figure they're the type of girls that i feel like would have put out a single or something and maybe they did and i just missed it but i feel like yeah i don't know well i mean there's also this is almost like a and what about it is pretty much just the music episode because there's there's just been so much music that has dropped lately so i feel like it's also just difficult to 
Like, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to Tiana Taylor yet, like at all. Okay. It's, <laughs> I've, I've listened to it in two separate listens because she did do, she said, fuck that nine song album. I'm, here's 23. So it is like, but it's, it, it, some of them are short and it's like an hour and a half, yeah. but it's still a good, it's very, um, I would say it's less dancey, more vibey. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that Boomin song. It was on uh, some playlist I was listening to. And I was like, oh, okay, cute. Boom like an 808. All right, I see yeah. what we did. Okay. I really like the Erica Badu song. Like, I I don't know. It, I think I'm also someone that when I'm listening to an album for the first time, uh, I'm not looking at my phone while I'm doing it. So I have no idea what song titles are called or who's on mm-hmm. it. I'm just like mm-hmm. listening to it. But I listened to like the first half one time and then the second half another time. And I'm liking it. I'm excited to kind of just keep it in a in a space to just hit play while I'm like doing other stuff or driving or something like that. I, mm. It feels like a really solid piece of work and much more like from her own brain and heart, more control and stuff. Even though I feel like um, KTSE has maybe more stuff for me, like like songs that like I am going to listen to forever. This is a good album, I think, for like mm. now. It's really solid. Have you heard the white girls, Jesse Ware and Himes new stuff? Uh, no, but I saw that they came out. The Jesse Ware album, I'm I'm honestly not someone who um I know who she is. I don't know her music. And um, but I saw a tweet that was like, if Dula Peep's future nostalgia is in its twenties, this Jessica Ware album is in its thirties. And it's like oh. it's it's just like a very it's like a mature disco. I feel I, I was like drunk the other night and I called her Jessica Ware, but it honestly works because it like <laughs> it's, it's like a little bit like Jessica Ware. It feels very um, it's really fun and not as kind of like overproduced as Future Nostalgia. It's just like here's a disco album and it's really solid. And then the Heim stuff is I liked that EP. I like that especially that really slow Hallelujah song that they put out that's like about the sisters. It like makes me weep sometimes if I'm in like the right spot. I don't know why I love them. I feel like I just. I just, I just like them. I, I like them. I don't remember when I learned of Haim and when I started listening to them, but I always enjoyed them very yeah. much. They, they strum on my little heartstrings. Yeah, and they definitely are just like you know. Okay, there's no Wilson Phillips right now, so we'll be that for you. And <laughs> wow, like, what a great comparison. <laughs> and so they're there, and and. I think that this album plays a little bit more. It allows itself to be a little bit more fun. Um, I think it's called like Women in Holly or Women in Music Three or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't heard part one or part two. We just know that there's part three. <laughs> yeah, I know because I actually was like, oh, this is the third of like a trilogy. And then I well, was I mean, like, I think it's their oh, third no. album, so it's just like, and I think oh, okay. they are kind of cheeky in their like we're always written up about as like women in music, you know? So I think it's a little bit of a middle finger to like music <laughs> journalists, but That's cute. Um, I like that. I mean, other white women I'm standing this week. Uh, so Haley Williams from Paramore released an album like Petals for Armor. It's like her first solo thing. And it is good. I think there's, it's a little hit or miss for me just in terms of like vibe, but she's a solid, solid songwriter and amazing vocalist. But there's this song Simmer that is like, it's just this like really emotionally raw song about her kind of coming to terms with her ex and this kind of, some of the lyrics are like rage is a quiet thing and you like, you think you've tamed it and then it just like, it comes out and it, and it like, is it part of my DNA? Is rage just who I am? And I just like need to let that simmer. But it's like the original song has a little bit like, um, 
more of a kind of like ethereal stuff. Anyway, Caroline Polachek just uh, released a remix of it and it like brings the song from the song I like to a song I love. Um, and oh. so it's not like super new. I feel like that came out a month or so ago, but the, the remix came out, I think this week and it's so solid. Also we have, you know, the newly named the chicks coming out with that move March, March, March. Um, I think, I think it's, I mean, I'm always going to be a, uh, redacted chicks fan, you know, redacted chicks. I, yeah, they have spoken to me for so long and they've been like with the shit for a while. I mean, the fact that they had that stupid name is like, it's, it speaks to America's history, whatever. And they have always been like, rednecks are dumb (laughs) or like, you know, like this music base of ours does not get how this world is fucked up and Mm. you know they were completely blacklisted you know beyonce bringing them out as a double middle finger she's like not only and i'm gonna be here as a black woman in the country charts that you you all already hate that i'm gonna bring someone a group out that you (laughs) that y'all hate and everyone else loves so it's like maybe in this room people are gonna be mad but every we're gonna give you the highest ratings that the cmt has gotten in you know, whatever fucking amount of years, CMAs, whatever. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, oh, there's that Doja Cat video too. That was that was cute. It was cute. It's very, you can tell that, I like how creative people are getting with music videos. I think you brought it up with uh, Chloe and Halle, but oh, yeah. it's very similar. Not similar in terms of like vibe, but similar in terms of, I could immediately tell that I was like, oh, she either rented out like a space or like a storage unit or she just Mm -hmm. has like a tennis court or like a really big garage or something Mm -hmm. they just like built out um but it's it's cute i like it i like it has like this sailor moon sort of vibe meets just like you know doja cat's kind of lisa frank self uh with Mm -hmm. a lot of ass and Mm -hmm. a split on beat that split on the beat is incredible like that is the video's cool honestly but i without knowing that the video came out i had oh my god excuse me <laughs> without knowing the video had come out i watched that little like three second clip of her like bam, 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 like 19 times in a row <laughs> like i really really i was that. definitely <laughs> surprised by that split yeah oh, i just i mean i've seen a split on the beat before but like to break it up with these like little leg gyrations and then the slow out it's just oh it's so good it's like it's also i just love that song i feel like when that album came out i was like oh i like this uh i mean give me anything on it and i'm gonna be like "Mm -hmm, give me more i'll take it yeah let's ice cream it up (laughs) oh you know what else isn't on the list here no megan the stallion she released uh girls in the hood which samples uh boys in the hood yeah, <laughs> and it's good. I like it. I mean, I stand anything Megan the Stallion. She, as of right now, can't do anything wrong. Yeah, in my I mind. think I didn't know that it was out yet. I thought that she released the cover of like coming soon. Uh, so I will go listen to that right after we're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like. I saw this other thing too that I thought was really cool. Someone, one of the daughters of, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what I saw. One of the daughters of one of the dudes from Boys in the Hood was like, who I guess does music too, was like, first of all, no disrespect to amazing, talented. This is not about Megan Thee Stallion. What this is about is that it makes me mad that the people who control my dad's music estate will not let his own children access the rights to their music. And like, is like, you know, 
we can submit petitions to even buy it and they won't approve it. And then someone we've never even met comes in and yes, the songs can be amazing, but it sucks that like we can't build a legacy off our own dad's music, you know? Yeah. Um, which is like, which speaks to the music industry. And Megan's also been a victim of this music industry yeah. thing. So it's like, the music I, industry is like fucked. I feel like I, you never hear like a good story about the music industry. I mean, like, yeah. I feel like Hollywood is fucked, but like, you still hear like good stories here and there. I feel like I never hear good things about the music industry. Well, the music industry is still like the old studio Hollywood industry where like people would buy you for 10 movies or something, you know, like that. And that system was abolished for a reason, you know, like the, the music industry thing. I mean, the music industry thing is why we don't have a new Rihanna album. She's over it. <laughs> she's, she's like, True. I gave you my contract. Leave me the alone. Like, leave me alone. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to listen to that song, though. She looks great. She kills a cover. She's never not killed a cover. So. Oh, yeah, she looks gorgeous. Also, mm-hmm. when I like was sharing it on my Instagram story, mm-hmm. I guess she must have done some new partnership with Instagram because there's like this kaleidoscope thing that happens in the background. Oh, yeah. And the, like, I don't know, it's some cool, like creative thing that they did that I have never seen before whenever you share yeah. like the music over to Instagram. And yeah. I was like, hmm, they did something special for her. Oh, also for Chloe and Halley's tennis court, I think last night, I think I shared something this morning on the QBT thing, a clip of it, but um, they, uh, I think for some benefit concert, they threw like a whole concert in their backyard in the tennis court. And it's like, oh, wow. um, not just a kind of like, one song for good morning america or whatever like i think it's a solid set and uh, i watched some of it and they sound so good and they look so good like they're really doing promo in a cool way and honestly they can because they have amazing voices you know they don't yeah unfortunately they don't need a whole stage production to be able to make them awesome but they also do such cool stuff with so little because i mean they're not dancers (laughs) like they're not right that's not what they're doing um but they like wait the the little one's hallie right the one playing uh ariel is hallie so yeah yes. she's like shredding on the guitar and then chloe's like whipping braids and like singing into a microphone on her knees like and all these lights are happening and it's just in their backyard like it's like i kind of want to love it i kind of want to see the camera filming them film this like i feel like that would be a funny angle and they just they kill it with so little i love it i think it's so so good i don't know why that just like brought up the image of did you see that picture of like the orchestra playing to a bunch of plants oh my god yes <laughs> i don't know why i like just imagine chloe and hallie like throwing this huge massive concert for just like their garden some palm trees yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um have you seen the new search party on hbo oh have i seen it i finished it already okay i don't so, know if that's something i should be proud of or not but <laughs> well i i mean i love seasons one and two and i i didn't forget about it exactly i heard a rumor that it was going to be on hbo and then i just didn't notice it until i follow um john um uh, the white gay oh one. john early yes I, I love him and i follow him on twitter and he's like just in case you guys forgot here's the new thing and yeah. so i'm excited I was surprised yeah i'm excited because i that show, when it first came out on TBS, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. Like, and it sucks because I think like 11 people watched it, but like, it's yeah. it's so cool. And 
Elias Shawkat, like that whole cast is just it's oh, just a she great got in cast. trouble. Wait, what do you mean? Cause she said she said nigga or something when she was repeating a song back oh. in the day, and I guess she apologized for it like this week or last week or something. Oh, but people God. aren't even I've heard, I I'll have to look it up and send it to you. I, I don't know why people were still mad at her after her apology. I don't know if it was one of those like non apologies or what. But yeah. It was one of those things where it was just like, girl, try again. Which I mean, is- she seems like one of those like down LA girls who's just like grown up around cool people and thinks she can do anything because she's like, you know, with it or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, that's annoying. I didn't know that about her. But uh, there's that like tall, sad Muppet looking man who's also hot at the same time. Oh, her like uh, her boyfriend in the show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is about him that I agree. I'm just like, I feel like you're not attractive, but for but some he's reason sexy. you're hot. Maybe yeah. it's because you're so tall. I don't know. I don't know if it's because he dresses like, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I don't even know how to <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to cut this out. But like, he, he, <laughs> I don't know why, like he dresses in a way that is just like a little bit nerdy and a little bit like not original, but it's, it's that kind of like, it's like not quite hipster. It's like something a little it's hipster else. like adjacent where it's like it's like a it's like a person who works it's definitely new york wall street or something but lives or lived in williamsburg yeah so it's like i'm kind of hip like i'm what hip wall street looks like yeah. i can't go all the way hipster but i can like yeah. jazz it up just a little it's business casual with a like cool wink you know yeah maybe it's yeah. just a vintage sneaker that's all it is <laughs> <laughs> um i finished the yeah i finished it season three was great i mean i wasn't expecting it to be anything less i really love the direction that they're going in with season three i does it end or is there supposed to be more? oh no they've already renewed it for season four so oh, okay well um, that's exciting i'm glad that they're getting a second life because those first two seasons were that second season in the house like it's so mm-hmm. it's so good. I just it it does a lot of cool stuff that I think like um I don't know that things like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and other stuff are trying to play on, but it doesn't do it in this like winky winky kitsch kitsch turns ah, you yeah. know like it it allows it to breathe and like kind of feel real while still being very funny and fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and I also feel like it's 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 a show that does a really good job of character development like they really let those characters breathe and you really get to know each one of them individually like even Portia um the girl that plays or Portia the character and then she's the blondie dumb one yeah the blondie dumb one and Mm -hmm. then you have John Early's character whose name I can't remember you know just playing like this flamboyant gay who's like a narcissist and also lies about everything Mm -hmm. like I feel like when the show first starts you think okay this is a show about um Dory who's the main character and her boyfriend and then it actually becomes this show about their friend group and the fact that like each one of them sort of gets their own storyline it's not actually just focused on that main character I think it's great and by the time you get to the third season you see why they sort of have to do that because mm-hmm. um, this is the season where the police finally get involved right yeah 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 I mean without giving anything I feel like it's in the fucking trailers like yeah. there's there's just a trial that happens. I'll say that. Okay. And it's like a high profile trial. And that's why I'm saying I love the direction they're going in with this stuff because there's also just this millennial sense to it. They bring it, they yeah. sort of poke fun at themselves. I feel like the show has always poked fun at itself for being like a millennial, like the cast is millennial. This is about millennials feeling like we don't know what to do with our lives yeah. and like whatever, whatever. Very so, 2000 on we. 
Yeah, but, you know, the fact that it's like a murder mystery with comedy, with sort of this existentialism tied to it, with just like great performances from everybody. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's like, a, you know, they, they treat the material really well. I and can't each, hype up this show enough. And each season's only like 10, 10 or 12 episodes. episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, now that it's all on HBO Max, the issue I used to have with it is that... Um, I think it was on cast- like TBS streaming yeah. or something. It yeah. was hidden the cast even brought that up they were like well maybe more people will watch it now because it's on hbo and you can actually now go back and watch the first two seasons and what used to get me is fucking commercials like tbs even if you watched it online you said to go through commercials and it was just like oh now you can just like watch it straight through and i feel like it plays better when you just sort of sit down and binge it versus having to wait every single week for an episode. Well, that's like whenever I used to fake sick when I was a child, I would watch Dawson's Creek. And it wasn't until I was an adult that like, I realized that each episode is only like 38 minutes long. Mm-hmm. There's just like so many commercials, commercials. Now, especially on TBS. They like, they cut content for more commercials. Like, yeah. Like, it's, like, it's a lot. How do you make a 20 minute show into an yeah. hour? What? <laughs> and like, I hope this doesn't sound like it will deter people from watching it, but it's sort of like if How to Get Away with Murder was kind of like a a Brooklyn sort of 10 episode arc series, like, mm-hmm. because it, it, whereas How to Get Away with Murder, Murder is like a 24 episode kind of camp drama. This is more like, it's honestly like a big budget YouTube series, but the thing that makes that show is the writers are amazing. Like the yeah. writing on that show is so good. You know, that guy um, who does, he's recently, he's so hot and he does those impressions where he just kind of like, he has like every few days, Jordan Firstman. And he has like um, on Instagram, he'll be like, this is my impression of like your grandma, like whatever, <laughs> <No>. or like, <laughs> Oh my God. I feel like I'm just not doing it right, but he'll, he'll be like, whatever. Anyway, he's one of the writers on the show and he's friends with like Jeffrey self and John early and Cola Scola. Like they're all kind of in that, like mm-hmm. they kind of came up together. Cola's on this season. Not the cute. <laughs> no, I mean, it's fine. There's nothing to it's ruin. A little, to it's it. a cute little Jeffrey and Cole casserole reunion. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. I feel like, um, you know, the last non, um, music thing we have is the disclosure doc with by um, Sam Fader and Laverne Cox. Um, have Have you seen it? Did you like it? I still haven't watched it. I feel oh, like I did bad at uh, my. I didn't do well at the homework of knowing what's going on in pop culture this week. <laughs> no, I think it's okay. I think um, that disclosure doc. Um, it's a little long, but I think. It has to be because it still only scratches the surface. And I think especially for cis people, watch it. Like seriously, it's named Disclosure because it's about the concept that trans people face of having to disclose their transness. And I think it it translates that idea really well to think about how does Hollywood and media disclose transness to audiences. And it also recontextualizes in this broader way of, you know, we think about kind of like, trans media of like the last seven or so years when really if we look back to the beginning of what we know as film there has always been gender bendy things um and it sort of opens up this concept of what trans is in terms of visual and how people receive it um thinking about you know how 
almost every like black comedian in the like 90s into early 2000s had to do some form of like drag in order to cross over into the mainstream which has to do with both the like uh emasculating of the black man and also the hilariousness of a trans woman ha 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 it's so funny you know um and so it's like this weird combo both of those things they tackle that they tackle you know things like uh julie andrews and victor victoria and um and boys don't cry and these things that um and the trans character in the l word that episode of sex in the city where samantha is like uh in the meatpacking district and is like shaming her sex worker neighbors on the outside and just like how media has like brought in transness and excluded it at the same time and how we're just now getting into a point where actual trans people are being casted to tell trans stories but it's you know it's produced and directed by a trans woman and a trans man and the talking heads are great i think um it's cool to see lily wachowski who's one of the sisters that did like the matrix and those movies and stuff kind of talk about how her exploring an explicit trans character later in her career kind of allowed her to fully kind of look back on her career and realize she's kind of been telling this secret trans story for so long. And now she's able to like, she's like, wait a second, I don't have to do this as a story. I can, I can live as this person I'm creating. Like, it's really cool. And there's something to being queer and absorbing things in media about you. And, um, even if it's negative, you're still absorbing information about that, right? And you might even be absorbing something that the screenwriter or whatever was not trying to get you to read into. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I was listening to that I really appreciate is that like, you know, even if it was a negative representation, I was like, whoa, that's possible though. You know, like I know I might get made fun of and I might lose my family or I might get murdered, but I also there's sometimes at least a portion of the story that some living happens, you know? And um, I don't know. It just, I just kind of put it on the morning after it aired and I was like trying to do work and I fully just like put my laptop down and just like watched and would just like go in waves of like laughing to like really deep thinking to like crying. Like it just, it's a really solid, I kind of wish it had come out as like a, um, four-part series and would have been able to tackle deeply over an hour each thing they're talking about but it's i think two hours and some change but i don't know i recommend it sorry i talked too long about it but i just i recommend it it's really good i i mean netflix has recommended it for me as well it was the first thing which i know you said it didn't pop up for you and i know no, i had to people, search for it i was so I know people have issues with algorithms these days but <laughs> they must know that i am black and queer because <laughs> i signed into my netflix the day it came out and Boom. it was like disclosure laverne mm-hmm. cox in my face i was mm-hmm. like okay girl i'm gonna come mm-hmm. check this out and then i got yeah. wrapped up in search party <laughs> and i love that it like um there is like Carmen Carrera's on it. And I love that it talks about a queen from Drag Race without ever mentioning Drag Race. Like it just does not mention it. And uh, in some ways good, you know, and also I like, I think Peppermint would have been a really good talking head for it. And I feel like I would have loved to see Hari Neff in it um, because they also didn't talk about my favorite trans story from last year. Um, Hari Neff is like a model. She's like one of the faces of Gucci. And she also um, was in that movie, Assassination Nation. 
Um, oh, that's a yeah. I love that movie. I love that. I, it got such. I would love to do an entire episode about Assassination Nation. I love that movie <laughs> so much. I love it so much. Um, but her in that, I, I think she's such a cool example. And then there's that girl from uh, Euphoria that um, she's Rue. not in it. Not Rue, the other one. Her friend. Yeah, they show. Um, Jules. Jules. <laughs> yeah, they show a clip of it sort of, but they don't. She's not in it. So I just, I honestly, I feel like it could, there could easily be a part two. There could be more from this. Mm-hmm. And I think the positive response that it's getting, I feel like it definitely will. Even if you don't give a shit about trans people, one, why are you listening? Stop listening. And then number two, uh, if you care about film, it's like, it's a really interesting just kind of dive into what media tells us about ourselves through this lens of transness. It's cool. Um, do you have anything else um, for pop culture this week? We didn't talk about politics because fuck it. All I know is 45 is doing terribly, and let's just keep it that way. Sure. Um, Well, let's take a quick break, and then when we are back, we are going to be with our friends Franny and Brenda from Move, I'm Gay, Move, I'm Gay, the podcast. It's a really cute conversation, and I'm excited to share it with you guys. You guys, I um, am beyond excited to have um, our good, good, good Judies. This isn't quite incest, but our sibling podcast of sorts. And maybe that's just my name for it. You guys are like, don't fucking claim that. Gross, um, move, I'm gay. Move, I'm gay. Uh, Franny and Brenda are here with us. Hello, hello. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Based off of your podcast, I was like, uh, we don't normally do this on there, but we need to take a shot together. How does that okay. feel? Okay. Love it. Love it. good. One, two, three, cheers, friends. Ah. Mm. Oof. Oh my God. <sighs> wow, sounds like y'all are weak. I loved my tequila. My um, stomach ugh. is very, very warm right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mac and cheese, girl. <laughs> um, Franny and Brenda, hi. Who are you? What's up? Why are you here? <laughs> oh, we're just like, you know, I, we both kind of all of us started a podcast at like the same time so it's right. kind of like and we all are all from portland we're all queer um we actually had another friend start a podcast similar time too so it's kind of like i feel like very connected in that way in like a yeah. cool way of like a weird creative thing that you can do somehow during covid because a lot of things you can't you know right i think that uh i know franny and i talked about this shawnee and i sort of had conversations about this before and then I talked to Franny at a bar one night and you were like, I think we're doing this. We like are finally getting it together. And then COVID happened and I didn't see anyone. And then you guys released. And then it was like, okay, Shawnee, that conversation, we have to go for it. Like we have, we have examples. Like um, I definitely felt inspired to finally get the ball rolling once you guys did. Um, Franny, how is um, the podcasting life going for you? Oh, it's so much fun. Like, uh, no, it really is. I broke my leg at the beginning of the year, so it really gave me something to do creatively. Um, Did you break your leg? I I was wearing some four-inch platforms, and I fell down some stairs. Oh, it happens to the best of us, girl. Um, yeah. So the oh, totally gay. Um, so like, the only creative thing I was doing was figuring out how to stop my scooter in the hallway at the perfect time. And I was like, I need to do something better than this right now. Yeah. Um. So Brennan and I 
you know, we did, I think we did three or four episodes together and then COVID hit. And then from there on, it's just been uh, remotely, but it's been so good and so much fun. Yeah, we like, uh, we've been talking about doing that for like a couple of years. And then I was drunk at a bar and I had my computer with me and I was like, I'm just gonna come up with some dumb imagery for this. Just like show it to them and see if like what happens. And that was literally what got the ball rolling to us doing it. And like a week later we started doing it. It's weird, like starting a creative process is like probably the hardest thing, but once you actually started it's like really easy afterwards you know mm. and then you just keep getting better and better at it it's like that's how just how it works totally so weird <laughs> it's I, true i feel like if maddie had not forced us not forced that's a strong word i threw you against the you bribed me into doing this um <laughs> no if maddie had not like I don't know, like encouraged me strongly to do this. It would have been one of those things that I feel like, oh yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it one day. It'll happen. It'll happen. We would have so talked we'll... about it for two years, for sure. Yeah, you have to sort of just That's like dive literally in what it. we did. Yeah, you, yeah. you would have been Brendan and I, and then COVID <laughs> finally happened. So it's like, let's go. We need to do something right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, this pandemic is making people do all kinds of things. Oh my god, for real. Wear your fucking mask. Okay. So... <laughs> Except that, apparently. <laughs> I know. I'm about to become a cam girl again. <laughs> Everyone's a, everyone's a cam girl in quarantine. I love them. <laughs> Only fans. Listen, now's the time. Beyonce, Beyonce already told us. She gave us the okay, so we are good to go. <laughs> Beyonce, Beyonce gives us the blueprint every time. She yes, says she Only does. fans, then I promise you, you need to be on Only fans. Yeah, get on Only fans. <laughs> She's demanding reparations. You know, we're really in a, in a time of Beyonce specifically naming queerness, which is so cool. Um, I think what we're kind of touching on is this idea of... Um, conversation and creativity as like a necessity for living <laughs> you know like I think there was uh little bits of this like um oh this could be fun or oh this could be cool or oh we like make each other laugh when we're drunk like that's definitely like part of the kind of faggotry of it all and then there is something too of like um well I'll speak personally like when I listen to you guys I experience joy because it feels like people I know are in my either house or like in my shower or in my car as I'm walking around like this idea of podcasts that I have absorbed for years and years and years and years and years and to have people I like know doing it um it also is funny because I feel like I know you better and I feel like we have not hung out, especially Ben and I, like as much as I feel like I know about the both of you. <laughs> oh my which god, is, which is fun. But I just, uh, how are you guys feeling about this idea of like conversation as healing, conversation and friendship, and kind of publishing that and sharing that as like good for our mental health, especially in this time of COVID. I feel like just having something scheduled weekly to do with someone that you enjoy their company that you can't, you know. I mean, me and Franny have done like a couple of social distance things, but just like have a planned thing to do every week. It's just like, it feels really nice and it's like really fun to schedule that out and record and then, you know, edit it and put it out into the world. Mm -hmm. Just even if, you know, a handful of people like just makes their day better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Even yeah, if, even it's just us talking about like total bullshit, which is all we do. So yeah. I mean, I agree. I also think that, like he said, a weekly thing, having a schedule, but also having I've always been friends with Brendan, but this has turned our friendship. It's made it so much stronger, I think. And I think there are so many times that we will start a podcast or we'll end it. And it'll be like, I had the shittiest week and we just talk. <laughs> and it's like so nice to talk to someone after yeah. we're like talking shit about this. And then like Beyonce does this and then so-and-so does this. And then I'm like, well, this is what's going on with me right now. So mm -hmm. it's been super helpful as far as that goes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Even I can, like, I can attest to that. I feel like I've had some shitty weeks. And until I talk to Maddie on this podcast, I mean, we'll start it off. We always have a little chat before we start recording. And I feel like I'm always, not always, but the last few weeks have been like, uh, yeah, I can turn it on, whatever, it'll be fine. But then I'm not turning it on. It's just like an actual conversation I'm just having with my friend. And it actually helps out a lot. Like I always feel like we in the podcast and I'm in a much better mood than I was when I first started. Yeah, no, totally. And also I feel like we had to do the same thing in the beginning or during certain parts where like, maybe like overshare or something. It's something that you don't necessarily want to publish. I mean, we overshare, you've, if you've listened to it, we tell some really gross, disgusting stories, mm -hmm. but like overshare in terms of like being super vulnerable and we'll just, I'll just edit it out occasionally. Cause it's like, I don't know, not that vulnerability is bad, but there are just certain things that I don't want to like share with the public besides yes. like someone like shitting on me or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking my roommate. Fine. How I feel about something. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. No, I get it. I get it. Um, I feel like for me, when we have kind of done this sort of different thing, we're definitely experiencing some of the things of like, we get closer to our friends. We have a different uh, a approach of being like, we are explicitly talking about a vulnerability. And despite that, I feel myself, Brennan editing, like cutting out my stutter and like cutting out my ums and cutting out- Oh my out God, my... I do that too. Both of us are just like- uh, Cutting out his burps. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that I we're really care about. <laughs> we're gonna leave that all in this episode. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, to me, that's my practice of vulnerability, right? Is like, I, I can tell a story or talk about my experience in therapy or how I'm feeling about my mom. <laughs> and then there's something about, uh, um, I don't know, not wanting to mess up. And I, and I think that actually speaks to your earlier point of like, uh, you just gotta try stuff. You just gotta do stuff. You just gotta like move from this idea stage into that building that muscle stage, even if it feels awkward, even if it's embarrassing, even if it's whatever, because that's the relatable thing. And in my like, like brain, I'm like, well, it has to be perfect or it is not worth anything, you know? Yeah, I was like really meticulous about editing it and now I'm trying to like let that go. like. Normally, if I said something like, not like fucked up, but like I misspoke, like last night when we were recording, I said stunt devil instead of stunt double. Right. And you're <laughs> and like, I, I like, just deleted the whole thing. We're starting over. But then oh, it created me. this like lo long joke throughout like mo half the podcast of yeah. Franny bringing it up over and over. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's like the joke, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and it's like, I, in terms of vulnerability, I like, I, I'm trying to like keep that stuff in now because I've been talking a lot to my therapist about that that's like mm. my biggest fear is like be, being vulnerable and like wanting people to like me which mm -hmm. I think is like a lot of people's biggest fears but I'm trying to just like be okay with putting that out and being like this is fine it's okay to have these moments you brought up your therapist how long have you been seeing a therapist like what, what maybe not this specific one I've been seeing her for like almost two years now wow. um I've been, I usually do it off and on, but I, I'm gonna stick with it this time because it's like super helpful, especially during these times. Um, I don't know, she's cool. She she has a nose ring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's cool, you know? Oh, um, she's edgy. <laughs> yeah. So edgy. Um, Your I don't therapist know. She, can say faggot. <laughs> she, <laughs> she like drags me all the time. I love that. Um, and it's like, she's super relatable. Like we're doing meetings like this now, but she'll like, yeah. One time she was wearing like a blouse and we were talking about like wearing 
sweatpants. And then I was like, wait, are you wearing sweatpants right now? She was like, stood up and she was like, yeah, she was wearing a like button down blouse with sweatpants. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. So um, you cyber sex with your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and also steals her style. She's he's like, I'm going to wear some sweatpants tomorrow too with a blouse. Um, I don't it's, know. It's I like accidentally conversion therapy. You're like, I think <laughs> exactly. I like <laughs> I've had like a lot of bad experiences with therapy too. So it's kind of like, mm. it's hard. It was hard for me to get into it until I found something good, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize. It's like if people have tried it and they think that they don't like it, they just really haven't found the right person. Yeah. It's That's so really true. What it is. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that when they first go into therapy, they expect it to be this thing where, okay, I'm seeing a therapist, this is perfect. But the thing about therapy is it's a relationship and it's about you sort of connecting with this other human being that of course is listening to you objectively, but you still have to connect with them in some way, shape or form for you mm -hmm. to want to open up a little bit, yeah. and peel back the layers more. So I get that. I went through, ooh, I went through, I think I went through like seven therapists before I found the one I have now. Oh my now. God. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. And I luckily, I have fortunately and luckily I have a black woman therapist. It took a lot of time to find her, but I have her. She's a little unorthodox, but I like that about her because <laughs> I went to school for therapy so I can sort of see through all the bullshit and like the tricks and the techniques they use sometimes. So she, because she's just herself, I'm like, all right, like I'll actually listen to what you have to say. And you know, the fact that yours has a nose ring is like, I was immediately <laughs> like, yes, I like her, like, period. It sounds really stupid, but I'm like, I feel like I could trust her because of yeah. that, which is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone could have a nose ring. Yeah. And I mean, that's a thing, you want, you want a therapist, you want somebody that looks like you. It's just a thing, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. You might, you can relate to that person a little bit more. I've had so many white women therapists, so many Karens, so many, white male therapist and it was just like you don't get it the way that I need you to get it and yeah. ever since I've had my recent therapist who is a black woman it's just been like mm -hmm. you know the last two or three weeks has been like you know and she's like I know and it's just like <laughs> we sit there and we're just like I don't even know what to talk about we're just going to talk in circles and then that's just going to be the session yeah. I don't think I would have gotten that out of a white therapist yeah Personally. yeah I uh, my my therapist is a uh, she's a person of color as well and it's like not that I can draw necessarily like parallels with being like a cis white gay man with that, but it's like, honestly, like her life experience, like I feel like she could, we could understand each other a little bit better, you know, rather than just having like a, like you said, a Karen. Yeah. Um, actually her name's Car Carol. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Carol with the nose ring. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, those things can definitely be bridges to one another. And I feel like, Shawnee, like you're saying, if, um, well, we want to open up or we want to engage with folks that kind of look like us. And if that's your, if that's your friend group, mm, examine mm -hmm. that. Look mm -hmm. at that. Think about that. <laughs> you know, like, why is it only people who look like you? However, if you're trying to engage with someone on a mental health journey, it's really nice when you don't have to explain your existence first. Yeah. Like that part is just kind of there and you can move on from there. And, you know, different from friendship, uh, there can be bonding in telling your story or explaining that, you know, but like your therapist inherently does not have the same amount of disclosure that a friend would. So it's one, it's more one-sided. And then that's yeah. why it's a little like, <laughs> messed up. Franny, are you seeing a therapist? Have you ever seen a therapist? I have not, and I am not. Um, yeah. I think I was talking to, I think I was talking to Spencer about it, but 
I think my family, having a Mexican family, it's always been like, you have your problems, you're gonna figure them out, do it for yourself. It's like, don't let everybody else know all of your, all of whatever issues you have going on. Sure. And I think that I, for the longest time was like, yeah, I can figure everything out on my own. And I think as of recently, I've realized that it's not a thing that I think is healthy for myself. And it's also not necessarily working for me. Um, So I'm getting a little more like trying to get in, trying to find someone because I think that it is very important. And I love when I hear my friends are like, I went to therapy today. It was Mm -hmm. so great. Or it was awful. And this is why. And it's, (laughs) it's, I think it's really important. So it is something that I want to do. And I mean, we've had many conversations about like, uh, uh, that first step, especially, I mean, Shawnee talked about having to see a lot of people, Brennan talked about like not seeing people that was good for them. I've had to break up a therapist. Like it's a journey and it's work. And it's like, when you're already feeling Mm -hmm. like shit, sometimes like you don't want to engage in a part-time job. You're not getting paid for You're paid to do it. You know, like, so all of that being said, I think that, there's plenty of other ways uh, to take care of yourself that are not therapy. That is like just one way to do that. What are some ways that you take care of yourself or think about like your mental health? I mean, I think definitely I, this year has been rough with just like everything that's going on and like being stuck at home since January. So once I was able to start walking again, which was like two months ago, it was so nice to get out and just walk around listen to music and not be inside of the house. Cause I was, I had four months of not being able to leave and mm-hmm. it was driving me crazy. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely that, um, the podcast definitely helps with just like, I'm getting everything out, talking to my mom who I'm very close with and okay. she's fantastic. So there's a lot of friends and family that I talk to, but I think some of the issues have to deal with friends and family and it's not necessarily easy to go to a random friend like I'd rather go to someone that knows what they're doing <laughs> yeah right. it's like like mine is like even I've been seeing her for like two years in our last session she at one point she's like you know you can tell me whatever you want to tell me and I'm not here to judge you about anything and I was just like I know but that makes me uncomfortable yeah I mean <laughs> I, hear like, that my, I hear that my first thought is like you're a liar yeah. <laughs> like you're lying and you're telling you everything excuse <laughs> yeah. me no <laughs> what does that say about us see sorry. no no you're good go uh, you know you're your own biggest critic and like the most mm-hmm. like horrible thoughts that you have in your head you feel like you can't share with a with another human being because you think that they're automatically going to judge you even yeah. someone that you're paying to not judge you. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like I went through that. And something I sort of want to go back to is, Franny, you mentioned um, being Mexican and the fact that, like, that's just not how your family is. And same, right? Like, I grew up sort of with this message of, you're Mexican don't too? go out and, yeah, I'm Mexican as well. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. No, it, don't apologize. Ooh. It's true. I don't know if it's a minority thing. I will say that I usually only hear it from people that are people of color. But right. um, there is this sort of thing, at least I know in the Black community, at least with my family, about not telling people your business, not really going to people to like figure your stuff out, definitely like staying resilient and sort of just like, you'll, you can figure it out on your own. You need to go to anybody else, but Mm -hmm. also like, don't tell other people these family secrets. Don't tell everybody Mm -hmm. like how I'm raising you. I remember Mm -hmm. mine, I have to throw you under the bus, but like I remember (laughs) you being like, 
hey, like, don't tell nobody that this happened. Or like, hey, let's maybe not, when we walk into grandma's house, say this. And it's just like, all right. Like, as a kid, you're just like, I don't care. I just won't yeah. say that. But as an adult, as an adult, you're sort of like, well, now I'm hesitant to let people in. And now it's sort of, what do I share? What don't I mm. share? At least for me. And I've had to sort of navigate that. And it's been a lesson and sort of growing thing with mm-hmm. um, being vulnerable and letting people in because that's really what it boils down to. It's yeah. not necessarily needing to hide something because you feel ashamed or guilty for it. Totally. I, I feel like I've done that before with friends where it's like, no, maybe you shouldn't tell them everything. And it's definitely backfired. And so I think that's another thing where I'm like, oh God, am I actually ready to do this? But mm. I think the time for me is like, I got to do it now because mm-hmm. I'm going to go crazy in this head of mine if I continue to let this go on for, mm-hmm. for more, for yeah, any longer. There's, there's mm-hmm. like so much, like a lot of people think that, I mean, therapy can be expensive, but there's a lot of like sliding scale or like online therapy that's more affordable. Um, it's not, OHP is free. Yeah. It's like people, I know money is tight for a lot of people, but people use, no, I don't want to say use that excuse, but in a way they do to like not, try to access it because they mm-hmm. think it's like not accessible be- due to like money, which is, can be true in certain in- instances, but it's frustrating because it's like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I hear what <laughs> you're getting at. I think it's like, uh, whether it's about therapy or not, when people say I can't do this because of money, it's more about, I can't do this because of the priorities around money. And like same with like going out or same with like, uh, I don't know, uh, donations or, or things. It, you know, that can be extra beyond our means. Mm. Um, Also, Shawnee, what you were reminding me of, and you weren't touching on this explicitly, but this is just where my head was going, was like, when you're talking about certain communities, not, what it sounds like to me is like not trusting therapists and social workers and stuff. That's for good reason. You know, therapists and social workers in this country especially have treated families of color like fucking shit. And so and I mean just go just go look up the Tuskegee um right thing. Just look that up. Tuskegee um syphilis and just put those two words in. And black people say that. Right. And that's all you need to know. As to that's enough to prove to you why most black communities don't trust the health the healthcare system or mm-hmm. or the government in general. And I mean, that's just one example. I right. If you think real hard, there's probably a lot of other reasons you can think about too. <laughs> right. And with social workers, especially, you know, like they, these white social workers come into these families and excuse X, Y, and Z for white families, but then separate children from their mothers and black families, right? And that's like the don't tell so-and-so or don't talk about this at school kind of thing. And, and that can be mixed because there are maybe some things that people should know, but there's this history of racism. And in this current moment, when we're talking about a abolishing police and it's like well we'll get mental health workers and we'll get social workers in there it's like yes and we need to make sure that those are uh social workers and therapists who are pushing and challenging the system versus like maintaining the status quo which is also a racist system it just isn't as it's violent in a different way right Mm -hmm. like uh it's it's violent in the separation of families that are are not advertised in the way that we talk about separation of family with like ice and stuff like that um which is a little bit of a total side road sorry but i just i'm like i'm thinking about like franny what i'm trying to say i think is like um there is good reason why people distrust these systems and i think it's also rad when you can engage with someone and you're like oh 
you can know why it was hard for me to get here before me having to say that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's where the cool stuff I think can come in. But also our culture, especially queer culture, we don't know what intimacy is, you know? Like we have a really, we can be intimate with certain Judies, but it's like sort of that bottom for bottom energy or something, you know, but like- <laughs> Don't be talking about bottoms, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like we know how to fuck, we don't know how to care for each other all the time. Does that resonate with anyone? Am I just oh, like- Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> I mean, even like my close friends, like this is like vaguely related, but like I'll be intimate and vulnerable with them, but then I like have done it so often with like specific topics that they're like, I don't, I can't, like, let's say breakups, like horrible breakups. Like I've had friends be like, I literally can't talk to you about this anymore. That's all you talk about. And that's why I started seeking therapy because like I went through a breakup, you know, a couple of years ago, it really fucking sucked. And I was just like, I need to talk to somebody about this because I know my friends don't want to talk to me about it as in depth as I need to talk about it. Yeah. And like, it was like, it was great because I barely talked to my friends about that particular instance. I mean, I did, but it was like, I didn't just overwhelm them with all this like flood of like bullshit that they don't need to like, they don't need to process that. I do. Mm -hmm. Or they get to hear the version of it that is processed (laughs) versus the version that is like the kind of word emotional salad of like, do you know what I'm talking about? Because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, it's like hard. Or, this is me getting real meta, or <laughs> you have to understand that you're not a burden to your friends because you're talking about this thing over and over again. And it's actually okay to do so. And that's what yeah. your support system is. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a balance of both. I, I mean, I think that we should feel a level of vulnerability to offer. But I totally think I have had friends where I'm like, I can see this pattern. I don't know why you can't. Mm-hmm. And talking to me is not helping you see it. So I don't want to like shun you from talking about this or please shut the fuck up. And talking to me about it is not helping you. So who is going to help you? Who is that person right. that maybe is not going to love you, but is is at least going to offer care to you? You know, like I can love you, but I can also be like, I've heard this story 72 times and I don't know why you think <laughs> it's a new story every time. Like. Yeah, I think that's really what it is, is like, not that my friends don't want to hear about it. It's like, I when I take on like the trauma of a breakup, I tend to just take it on like fully emotionally. And it's like literally just absorbs me. And there's like mm. literally nothing else I can think about or talk about. So mm. I think seeking therapy in moments like that is important if you have access to it. Yeah, I mean, a breakup is the thing that took me to therapy first. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like an episode like, two or something I talk about the Lifeway Christian bookstore that I went to therapy at. But oh my God. A, no, I not. actually wanted to tell my that that reminded me of my first therapy situation was Yeah, what was I, yours? It was when I was a teenager. It was when I came out. My parents made me go to a therapist, but it wasn't any therapist. It was their marriage counselor. Sure. Which is so like thinking about it now, it was like my like that's the reason why I didn't seek out therapy for a really long time because it was like my first example was like pretty traumatic and weird. There's some like straight white dude that was like yelling at me for not talking to him, but also knew all the details of my parents' marriage. And I'm just like, this is makes, this is like unethical. Hell no. Right? Yeah, that's (laughs) definitely unethical. What? From my memory, if my memory is correct, that is what happened, but I could be wrong. But I don't know. It was just like, it was not cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't. I think I just sat there and didn't say anything. I didn't know what to say. Yeah, 
That's fucked up. You should have well, put your stunt devil in on that one. <laughs> crossover jokes. I love it. Crossover jokes. Crossover inside jokes. Mm-hmm. Crossover SUV. Come on, Subaru. Um, <laughs> sorry. That is that stupid. what you're getting? Are you going to get a Subaru? Y'all, Maddie is, getting, Maddie is getting a new... Maddie's going to get a new car, y'all. We are so getting real. a used car that is new to us. <laughs> <laughs> is it a Subaru? Maybe. I, we're like... Uh... I'm telling you, I got a Subaru like a year ago, and mm-hmm. I thought it was like kind of dorky, but it was like a pretty, you know, good purchase. I'm in love with it. Her name oh, is feel, Amber. <laughs> I feel really solid about Subarus. We just need like four-wheel drive. I think we're just trying to figure out if we need like the post like 20... 2009 uh, foresters yeah, yeah. that are a little bit bigger versus yeah like i got the 2010 bike. one it's it's amazing we're gonna that's what i took you. when we went camping Remember? copying your podcast and your car <laughs> <laughs> wow fun, fun fact real quick before we go into anything else that okay. is how we got our intro for move i'm gay the podcast because the first time i saw brendan in his brand new car he came driving up like a soccer mom pulls up I like wave at him. He rolls down the window. He goes, hey, boo. And I was like, hey, boo. And then he just fucking drove away. And that is exactly how hey, boo starts. So that's dumb. why we say that every episode at the beginning. That is so funny. I thought you were going to say he rolled up and said, move, I'm gay. <laughs> no. no, he does that, that with his eyes. He said, uh, hey, boo, with his mouth. No, okay. I do that with my red face. <laughs> oh, you're right. Why is your face so red? Are you embarrassed? I, it's, Are you hot? It's so hot in my room. And when I okay. sometimes when I drink, I get a little warm. And it's like a thousand degrees in here. And I'm, it's some a sauna wax, for some reason, closet. I'm just like, ugh. I've got like that sweat underneath my leg pit. What is that thing called? Mm, your leg pit. You said. <laughs> <laughs> you, when you were a kid, did you ever try make fart noises with it? Oh yeah. yeah. I, mean, I can do this. I can do this with my hands. Are you ready? I can't, I can't do it. That's me. Oh, nice oh guys. God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is um mature. really derailed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Off the rails. We're in, like, what are we even talking about anymore? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, for any something we talked about, um, one I actually want to say that you, your backyard was one of my first like hang spots. Like uh, I fully did not see anyone for like three months. Like I I, I saw other people kind of doing social distancing, and I was like, not this guy. And um, I felt very like I just felt really scared, you know. And totally. Um, uh, I still feel scared, but uh, we went to your backyard, and it was like. Um, really helpful to just hear a familiar voice in proximity to me and not my earbuds, you know. Um, but something that we talked about was like the role that music plays in your life. And I just, I didn't know if you had anything that you wanted to say around like the healing nature or like the concentrated nature of, of music. And Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. music can like kill me and heal me at the same time. Um, going through like seeing this guy for this long, this person for this long. Um, I mean, one example was Erica Badu's uh, Hello mixtape that she put out like a couple years ago. Yes. So good, so good. So I introduced this man to this mixtape. So every time we would hang out, that would be playing. And as soon as we stopped talking, I was like, I need to get this mixtape back I need to reclaim this album. Mm-hmm. So as much as it hurt to listen to it, because every single song reminded me of him, mm-hmm. I had to push through that because I knew that that was mine. I brought this into your life <laughs> and I'm taking it back to my life right now. Yeah. So there's like so many albums that have done that for me. And I think like 
I am, I mean, my thing is I'm sad. I'm gonna listen to the music that makes me the most sad so that I can't be sad anymore. And I'm like, I've gotten everything out through whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, music for me is like the most important thing as far as like, it can put me in the best mood. It could also just like, hey, you need to like think about what is going on right now or like, fuck this guy. So, <laughs> I mean, music is just the most helpful thing for me um, at this point. You guys are gonna hear the crack of a beer, sorry. Ooh, like nice. a constant noise when we record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like every five minutes and then me, me being like <laughs> Not like throwing up like burping. <laughs> I, um... Vomit's okay too, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. What if I like live, can I live barf right now? <laughs> I mean, I... ASMR barfing? <laughs> I mean, maybe not, maybe not right now. <laughs> yeah, do you want to see it's it on this, I do on this podcast? Yeah, not on our. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> don't get me hot and bothered like that, okay? Yeah. Just for sure. Oh, you guys had a segment on your podcast about Britney Spears. <laughs> Um, poor oh, Britney God. Spears. <laughs> like, oh, like, Britney, girl. <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't even know where to go with this. I'm just like wondering what was the decision around like transitioning besides the fact that like once she burned down the house, it was a little bit like maybe <laughs> we should leave over. her alone. <laughs> I think that as we continue to do this, leave Britney alone and not leaving her alone, we slowly started to realize... You're bullying her? <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. Like, I mean, we started making conspiracy theories that, like, this choker means that she, like, they are... She can't use her voice anymore. But I yeah. think that we continued on, and it was, like... Neither one of us necessarily felt like we needed to do it anymore. It was mostly, like... Brittany, you can't wear that white top in every post. Like, you have more money than I do, and I changed my shirt. Yes. Um, but I think that we slowly realized that, like, you know, I mean, our, our focus from the beginning was this, and it slowly transitioned into something that we didn't even expect to happen. And mm-hmm. we've gone into mental health. We've gone into politics. These were things that were not a thing at the very beginning. So I think it was important for us if we're gonna be vulnerable and we, you know what I mean, we don't want people judging us for what we're doing, that it might be a smart thing to take our own advice and leave Brittany alone. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for I sure. also feel like she, I feel like, I don't know, it was start, It started to get kind of sad. Yeah. Like it was like legitimately bumming me out because it's like someone, making fun of someone who like in the past has had uh, mental like health issues is like, can be funny on the surface, but like deep down it's like, actually not funny to see a celebrity that's struggling via social media right like you could tell that she's not well and it kind of bums me out i'm just like i can't this doesn't feel right anymore or like our own judgments aside about like whatever the hell is going on with this person that what is obvious is like she doesn't have control over her life and like that to me is like the saddest part of it that it's just yeah. like uh, this person is like well she is also trying to find us at the lgbtq community so uh, <laughs> LGBTQ it's like a retirement home yes. if <laughs> you can like, find state. it on a map please send <laughs> oh, me there please send it my way it too um, I, kind of, I know we're not supposed to be getting on planes and stuff but i will get on a plane to get to the lgbtq community <laughs> wherever they are point me in that direction i don't know if it's fire island i don't think i'm going no i don't want to go there <laughs> i don't want to go there. <laughs> um one thing that you guys do is the gay of the day and like just kind of like a specifically celebrating a queer person in the news or someone you know um i think that we are tried to do that in similar ways. And I think that for me, that comes from this desire and this thing of that's like, 
our history is lost all the time. So if we are sort of this time capsule for ourselves, like what, how can we be historians in what we're talking about? Um, I think for both of us, and we kind of approach this in this, uh, in different ways, but for both of our friendships and our podcasts, we acknowledge the fact that the world is shit and that there are topics that are hard to tackle and our way of kind of bursting that bubble is to poke fun at it, to joke it, to like give it less power by laughing at its face a little bit. I, I've seen you guys do that as well. Um, specifically in this time, how do you view your role in terms of like breaking apart the seriousness in a digestible way? The serious nature of every moment of what is happening within the world right now? Right, so like in our current state of both COVID, systemic racism, abolishing the police, people getting murdered, like, and Britney uh, Spears. And Britney Spears. <laughs> she burned her gen down. Um, like personally or through our podcast? Both. Let's do both. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I didn't, I felt like uh, just doing our podcast, I like doing it with Franny, don't get me wrong, but it, with our current political climate, it just feels not super important. And like, we're just joking around. We have been a little bit more serious lately, but like, I don't know. We've had some people write in and we talked about this a little bit earlier, just being like, you know, this is like a distraction from my day. I just want to laugh and like not have to think about all of my problems. That like literally was like the biggest motivator for me. It's like someone that I don't know. And it's just like, it's super cool to like have that one person be like, I like this takes me to a different place. Um, and in terms of other things, I don't know, like, I've been trying to like not, I know social media is very important right now in terms of different being informed and like certain forms of activism and like donating and stuff like that and awareness. But I've been trying to like throw my phone away for a minute, yeah. like a couple hours, play Animal Crossing, which like makes my anxiety 100% go away. Mm -hmm. Or I've been doing this like mom workout on YouTube. That's like, it's like 30 minutes of like power walking in your room. It's so dumb. She's like, "Come on, ladies!" And they're all matching outfits, like just going like, place. "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And it's Send just me like, the link. I'm like <laughs> literally cracking up because it's so stupid. But I'm just like, "This is." I'm distracted right now. Whatever. Who cares? I'm not looking at my phone. I'm looking to fucking like Carol over here, like going like this, high kicking. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I, I don't know. That. Just moments like that that like take away from. I don't know. I feel like every my personal mental health is like at an all-time low right now. I'm sure most people's are or a lot of people. And so just like stupid moments like that just like help me. I don't know. Yeah, I think for, for sure. the podcast, we, um, I had, it was like three or four days before we recorded uh, when all the protests were going on for George Floyd as it started. And for a moment, I was like, in my head, I was like, I don't think I want to record this because it seems... I mean, I think Natasha Rothwell put it perfectly where she was like, "It's you." I, I, we don't want to sound tone deaf promoting Insecure right now, mm -hmm. but this is what we're going to do. And I talked to a friend and she was like, I think this is something that you should do. So at the beginning, Brendan and I came out with a statement that we wrote together that was like, this is how we feel. This is where we stand on this issue. We're going to continue this podcast as usual, but that is not to take away from anything. So I think it's been important and like he said, getting people that are messaging us that are like, this is what we need. It's a distraction. I need to get away for an hour. So like all of that stuff is really helping me just be like, all right, people, 
this is actually doing something for someone, we got to keep going. And then for me personally, same with Brendan, like putting my phone away, my, my new thing that I'm doing is I try to donate to two, th to two different organizations a week. Uh, and I'll ask a friend like, hey, what do you like right now? Because I don't want to go on the internet, not because I don't want to put in the work, but I just can't. It's so emotional sometimes. So I'm like, what do you think? And they're like, I think this one is great. And I'm like, great, I'm going to do that one. And then I'm going to find my own next or this week. And then next week, I'm going to pick another friend that's going to do it. So that's a good way for me to still feel like I'm contributing to something, but also taking care of myself at the same time. Yeah. Shawnee, what are some ways that you're taking care of yourself right now? Therapy. <gasps> um, I don't know. I feel like these days I'm still working out and running and doing that often, which is nice. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I've just been really leaning into this sort of confidence in being who I am and the fact that like, I don't know, I've gone through this really long journey of thinking that like I'm a crazy person, right? Like that, <laughs> like the way I'm looking at the world and that like things should make sense this way, but for some reason they don't, has been my way of thinking for so long. And I feel like the last couple of weeks, strangely, I mean, maybe it's the protest, but people are starting to sort of see things the way that I see them. And that's been really validating for me. So. I don't know, the thing, I guess the thing for me has just been continuing to live my life and understanding that like what I have to bring to the table, whether it's on this podcast, whether it's at work, whether it's in my friend group, that that's enough. And that I'm actually killing it, you know? Like I'm also learning to toot my own horn a little bit. I don't think that I let myself have that as much as I also feel like another thing too is, um, you know, I know this is like hard to do, for me personally, but I've been trying to do it as often as possible. Instead of, I know I'm not saying that if you if you can't do this, it's like obviously fine. It's like I'm not judging anyone or anything. But like putting, trying to put on a cute like your best outfit instead of like me wearing sweat. I I'll wear, I'll wear sweatpants. Don't get me wrong. But like if I even if I'm just going to the corner store that's a block away, I'm like I'm gonna dress up. <laughs> For me, that's putting on underwear. I feel like in the house, I haven't worn underwear in like four months. But like, I'm like, I, I guess it, I should step outside. It makes it honestly makes me feel so much better to like look good for no reason. I don't yeah. know. Just looking in the mirror, and I'm like, that's I look so great. <laughs> I forgot how to dress myself for a, a couple of weeks there. I was just like, I don't, yeah. I don't think I know what I'm supposed to wear right now. Yeah. So well, for um, like for real, I like, uh, I mean, a lot of people have, and there's no shame in it. Obviously, not in like a fat shaming way, but like I've gained like 15, 20 pounds. Yeah. A lot of my clothes don't fit me anymore. Yep. anymore, And that's fine. I was like, just you wear the clothes with you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but like, uh, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> don't wear your clothes that like you got eight years ago that don't fit you anymore. Just get new clothes and it's fine. You yeah. can still look cute. I don't it's know. online shopping time. It's the time to try it on. You have the time also to send it mm -hmm. back. Like, yeah. I love that. Okay, thank you all so much for joining us in on the work. Right, do you want to take a little break and then take some may it's? Yeah, let's okay. do it. We're to come back again. All right, we are back to take some meds, folks. So uh, I'm not going to explain it. You know what this is. Um, I can start us off. For me, um, my meds this week are a couple things. One, Shawnee and I got to see each other. <gasps> 
yeah. socially distantly, uh, but for the first time since before we started this podcast, so like <laughs> 11 episodes ago, we haven't seen each other at all. And then uh, we went to a park with our friend Carlos and just fucking talked shit and laughed and laughed hard. And I needed that so, so bad. And I had no idea how much I needed it. Um, but it was just, it was so beautiful to see you and laugh with you. And uh, it affirmed my choice in doing this with you. And um, Aww. I love you very much. And that was a great thing for me. Another thing that I'm doing and is, uh, I, I think maybe I will take another episode or something to talk more deeply about this. But uh, speaking of what we're wearing and weight I'm gaining and clothes, um, I have been doing my best to, um, you know, when I was doing drag, I had to spend money on like nightlife clothes, which is different than daytime clothes. And <laughs> especially as like a drag adjacent person, like that's like you get to wear that once, maybe twice a year, you know? And so with now I'm like trying to buy things um, in my daily life that affirm more of a sort of like androgynous sort of non-binary existence that I feel. And so it's been nice to like wear dresses around town. It's been nice to like wear these things that um, feel better to me than the pants I can fit into anymore. And instead of replacing those, um, finding well, you look good last weekend. Thank y'all. <laughs> um, that's been, it's been nice to just kind of like, uh, you know, part of my mental health and taking care of that has been putting on something um, that is not uh, what I would normally wear sort of and um, I don't know there's something good about not wearing sweatpants and then replacing that with something that also doesn't hurt me or isn't a costume that doesn't feel great either so that's how I'm thinking that's those are some meds I'm taking um, move on gay friends what are you guys taking I'd say for me, uh, just this week, seeing my dad dance around to Billy Joel, which is somebody that <laughs> helped him learn English when he moved here from Mexico, was really sweet and it made me really happy. Um, and seeing my nephews that are like growing up to be like smart young men and like nice and like they care, uh, that really brought me up. Um, and I think something that I've been doing this week, I just started a couple of days ago was trying to eat a little healthier, making like nice meals for myself and waking up and having coffee and drinking more water than I, than I ever have before. So just trying to take care of myself um, because I think that that also affects your mental health. So like you feel like you ate a great meal today, I already feel like I started my day off right. Um, so that's kind of what I've been working on my meds for the week. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. it's so hard to like be in routine right now for me. Mm -hmm. I was listening to Nicole Byer's podcast, um, Why Won't You Date Me? And Monet Exchange was the guest. And they, they like, I think keeping myself grounded with being like, everyone's kind of with COVID at least, it's like kind of in the same boat right now. Uh -huh. They were like talking about what time they got up and they were like, yeah, I, w I wake up at like noon, between noon and three. And I was like, oh my God, I thought I was insane. Like if I don't have to go to work, I just don't, I'm just like, whatever. And it made me feel so good. And then another thing that was reaffirming, I feel like I know a lot of people right now are like drinking like crazy people like me. Uh, I, but like, I, it was reaffirming, this is really dumb, to I walked around my neighborhood the other day and it was recycling day. And I was just looking at everyone's recycling and I was like, oh, everyone's drinking like crazy. <laughs> I was like, damn, there's like 
15 wine bottles in here and like a bottle of Jack. I was like, we were what? having a party and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, did you walk like, by my house? That's probably, it was, it was like, get out every, of my recycling. It was like every <laughs> single house. And I was just like, oh yeah. I mean, I know that a lot of people are trying to, everyone has a unique experience obviously, but also like with COVID, I feel like it's hard to imagine yourself out of your unique experience and like come into a, kind of universal experience because it's like I know it's situational but this shit sucks for everybody you know and it's hard to like come to terms with that and like actually like realize that and think about it you know mm. you think it's such a unique experience and like I don't know you know what I mean absolutely yeah Shawnee baby what you got <clears throat> so I want to sort of hype up um there's this organization in Chicago uh they call it, they are called Party Noir they're amazing. They're great. We um, had a Zoom sort of uh, rally slash party thing with them um, today, actually. And it was amazing. Um, there was a, like, a Vogue dance lesson. There was um, some spoken word. There was a medit- uh, like a mindful moment which I used to do on this podcast. We'll bring um, it back. Um, we'll bring it back at some point. Um, there were there were some acoustic performances. It was nice. It was really great. Um, and also a lot of sharing of just Black queer voices um, and sort of their experiences during this pandemic, their experiences during the last couple of weeks. Um, it was really nice, and I'm happy that I tuned in. It was admittedly something that I did for work, so I was not looking forward to it at first. It was like, I have to tune into this thing. But I was surprisingly, like, very engaged with it. And I felt like, oh, wow, I'm really happy that we did this. And, like, I'm actually going to go, like, follow these people and, like, hit them up and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that made me really happy today, surprisingly. I was not expecting that at all. What are they called again? Party Noir. So P-A-R-T-Y, like a party, space, N-O-I-R-E, Noir. Cute. They host some dope parties whenever it's safe to, you know, be close to people again. Um, They host parties in like Brooklyn and New York um, and also in Chicago. So if you ever see them around, I highly encourage you check them out. Um, Honey, do you have any homework for us? Um, You know what? I do not. Because you know what? It's one of those weeks where your teacher forgot to give you homework because she has her own personal shit going on, like a divorce with <laughs> the man she's with. She has three kids to figure out and a fucking dog. So yeah. she didn't have time to come up with homework for you today. That's no, that's great. not what's actually going on. But honestly, truly, there's no homework today, you guys. Um, it's been 10 weeks of homework. I think everybody deserves a break this week. Um, go back to the, your homework is to go back and listen to the other episodes. Of <laughs> yeah, if you have not, you know what your homework is. Go leave us a review. <laughs> wherever, wherever you listen to us, go leave a review. It's the oh, least fuck. you can do. The and, very least. <laughs> and go listen and uh, leave our friends move. I'm gay a review and uh, one star. One star. Oh yeah, that's a five star. Troll them. Mm-hmm. And just like the worst podcast listen. in the world. We didn't say what kind of review. I just had a review. <laughs> um, thank you both so much for being here. I um, like you a lot in my real life. And it is really nice to see these creative things blend and uh, get to laugh with you here and take shots with you and kind of watch this process uh, happen with people that I care about and I respect and I admire. And um, 
I don't know. I just, I feel so many nice things about you both. <laughs> well, thank you for yes. having us. It's so exciting to get to do a podcast with you guys because I love everything that you guys do. So it's, it's a lot of, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> thanks. Thanks y'all for, uh, thanks y'all for getting me drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like I like provided your liquor or something. You did, you did. I... We had to step That's... our game up. We were like, how incoherent can we get? Like, I, oh my a gosh. Shot. I don't think I've had a shot since February. So <laughs> I feel like oh my God, it's right during, during when we record, were... I take like four. <laughs> Some of them, I'm like, how the hell did this happen? And then it happens. <laughs> yeah, at the end of ours, I'm like, and another thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me tell you about my stunt devil over here. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, right, cool. Thank you um, to Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. And thank you to Ali Kiltz for helping us edit. You can check out her podcast, Trace Material, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we are going to go drink some water. And you should too. Mm -hmm. Drink some water. Drink another glass when you're done. Um, we love you. Goodbye. Bye, y'all. Stay hydrated. Drink up. Mm-hmm. Try to talk slick. All up in my ear and shit. <laughs>